Today's show is brought to you by the ridiculously comfortable Casper mattresses. Get $50 off any mattress purchase at caspertrial.com slash profit. Now let's get profitable. This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Hey there, profiteers. Welcome back for Personal Profitability Podcast, episode number 92. Do you ever have one of those things come up where you meet someone new and you just hit it off instantly? Well, that's what happened with me and today's guest, Tom. So Tom and I connected online through social media. We met in a Facebook group around a conference that we'd both attended, though we didn't really get to know each other at the conference. And Tom said, hey, you know, you seem like the kind of person I'd like to get to know. Do you just want to jump sometime on like Skype or Zoom and just chat and say hi? And I thought, you know, that sounds great. I often sit at home in my home office where I am right now by myself as I am right now. And I enjoy you know, an opportunity to talk to other entrepreneurs and connect that way. So when Tom reached out, I was happy to say yes. And we connected that evening a couple days later and quickly figured out we have a lot in common. We're both serial entrepreneurs, though he has a really funny starting story. He actually got started on part of his business while keeping it a secret from his wife. Now, she's come around, she's on board now, but I do not recommend that as a general strategy. But for Tom, it seems to have worked out. He's doing really well. He owns a liquor store. He's doing some online stuff. It's all really cool. And we will dive in and get started right after this in just one minute. We talk about investing a lot on this show, but if there's one place people don't invest enough, it's their sleep. We spend about a third of our life in bed, and yet we have pillows and mattresses that aren't optimal. You've already probably heard about the Casper mattress if you listen to podcasts like I do, but I wasn't ready to put the money in and buy a mattress just yet, so I bought the Casper pillow, and I have to say I love it. It's the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned and gives me a great night's sleep. If you want to try out the Casper pillow or even get $50 towards any mattress purchase at casper.com, head to caspertrial.com profit. That's caspertrial.com profit. This is one investment you won't regret. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to welcome today's guest. Tom, are you ready to get profitable? Oh, always. I love it. So you are a serial entrepreneur. You have multiple businesses with your wife. Some you started, I know, on your own, not necessarily working so close with your wife, but now you work a lot closer together. A very cool thing. But you know, how, how did all this start in the beginning? Uh, where did your entrepreneurial spark come from and how did you get started? I think a lot of people, when you ask an entrepreneur that question, they kind of look back throughout their life and it was always there. And so for me, there was always some sort of like side hustle or side business or something I was doing to make money. But it really kind of came to fruition as we were graduating college. And so I met my wife on the first day of college. And as we were looking kind of ahead in our lives, I was like, you know, four years of college was great, but I was going to school for computer science. And I was like, man, 45 years of like sitting in a cube, like working for someone else, like that doesn't seem like, you know, kind of the lives that we want. And so while I was having these conversations and these thoughts, I had a friend that had actually given me a book called The Automatic Millionaire. I love that book. 
Yeah, and and I hated reading at that point. Like I did everything I could to avoid it. And um, he's like, no, trust me, read this. It'll it'll change your perspective. And so reluctantly, I read it and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Like I could, you know, be a millionaire. And then right afterwards, it was like, yeah, but I don't want to wait till I'm 65 and have to wait for compound interest. Um, So at that point, I set a goal to retire by 35 which for me really just meant you know, like be financially free. And then I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that if I set that goal, I would start looking for the opportunities and really make it happen. And I love that you brought up The Automatic Millionaire for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it was the last book I read right before I started my blog. I was like, oh, nice. I was like this is great stuff and I can write just as well as David Bach. I mean, obviously, <laughs> my, inflate my ego, right? David Bach's awesome. But I, we were uh, both at FinCon and before we were recording, I remember you telling a little story about an interaction. Do you mind sharing it here for the listeners? By the way, if you haven't been to FinCon, it's a really good conference. I had uh, been trying to go for like three years, and I finally got there this year. And it was it was pretty cool because when I got there, I realized that David Bach was actually giving one of the keynotes. And so I was sitting in the audience. He kind of went through and talked about a bunch of you know his book and, and different things. And then at the end, he's like, you know, does anyone have questions? And nobody did. So I was like, well, let me get up and thank David for really inspiring me because that book set us on our course and then we've been able to help other people as a result of that. So it was pretty cool to be able to get up in front of, I don't know, like 1,500 people (laughs) and just publicly thank him for really changing the course of our lives. I have a funny, similar but different story from the FinCon the year before. It was in San Diego and Noah Kagan from Sumo and AppSumo and and Sumo Me and all these other things that have Sumo in it that he's worked on. (laughs) He is super successful. And uh, he brought up, you are as successful as the five people you spend the most time with. So try to spend time with rich people. So then you'll get richer is is how he phrased it. Then I yelled out from the back of the room, how do I be friends with Noah Kagan? (laughs) <laughs> and I went up and we chatted for a little bit afterward. We, he, he responds to my emails now, uh, which I feel, uh, I feel lucky about. I'll, I'll name drop a millionaire in there. Just a quick tangent with that. You know, I, I used to always be afraid to like step out and do those things outside of the norm. And what I've found is, you know, by doing those things and just going with your gut and what feels right, you make this memorable moment and you make a story that like, I mean, for example, we're talking about it right now. Right. You know, I've talked to several people since then. They're like, oh, yeah, you're that guy that stood up and said that. And it's a great like icebreaker for then additional conversations. Especially next year at FinCon when we haven't talked to a lot of people for like a year. And you'll be like, yeah, I'm that guy. And then everyone will be like, oh, yeah. (laughs) So you read the book and you were inspired and you wanted to get things done quicker than waiting until you're old to enjoy your money. I, I agree with that. I don't, oh, sorry if I, if anyone's offended that I called 65 <laughs> old. When my newest daughter, I have a six-week-old, was born, both of the grandpas were sitting there, and, and I made a joke about the old guys, and I got two <laughs> nasty looks at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, let's say you want to retire young, like you did. What, were, what was your next step? How did you get the business train rolling? You know, I, I really had no idea what I was doing. And so I thought, well, let me go find you just like your quote with Noah, right? Let me go find people that are successful or doing what I want to do. And let me see if I can figure out like how they did it or what things I can do for that. So I naturally started like looking at the stock market. And then I realized two things. Um, one, you need money to make money. And I was a broke just out of college student. And then uh, two, there's a lot to that. And I, even though I was reading the books, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to figure this out. 
And so I ended up bouncing around between a lot of different opportunities. And ultimately, I came to it and I was like, you know, it's real estate. I said, we're renting an apartment right now. What if we just bought a house or a duplex and we could live in one half and we could rent out the other half and then we'd basically be living like mortgage free and we'd be like on our way. And so I had it. And then I proposed that idea to, she was then my fiance and she's like, no, no way we're doing that. Like, I don't want to be a landlord. (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And basically, so when I had set that goal, you know, she was just kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. Another one of your crazy ideas. Whenever I was trying to do one of these things, she would basically shut it down and it was frustrating. And long story short, I ended up spending a whole bunch of money on a real estate training because I went to like their free course and then I went to their like $500 course. And then somehow, you know, I was kind of at rock bottom and they sold me on their $15,000 course. But so what happened was I put it on a credit card, actually two credit cards because I didn't have enough money. I didn't even have one credit card that had that much. And um, I did this without telling my wife about nine months before we were getting married. Which I'm sure was a great way to build a solid trusting relationship. Yeah, so basically (laughs) what not to do, I can give you all of that advice. (laughs) But somehow the cards aligned and and it seems to have worked. So how does your real estate portfolio look now? She eventually got on board, right? There's always a silver lining. And, you know, the people that see that usually are the ones that are successful. We had a lot of conversations. We figured out that we really needed to get aligned on what we wanted our lives to look like. And then we said, well, you know, what's been done has been done. How do we go on from here? And it's like, well, we spent that money on the training. Let's go invest in real estate and make that money back. So we've had our real estate investing business about 10 years. We mostly have like duplexes to fourplexes right now. And then we've even gotten into um, some mixed use and commercial property. If you could go back, would you do that course again? Or would you take a different route to get the real estate knowledge? I would recommend anybody else don't take the course because I'm telling you right now, you probably have the information you need or you have the people around you. But when I look at it, what that course ended up doing was really forcing my wife and I to have a conversation early on that set the course for the rest of us. So I don't know if I would necessarily change that. But for most people out there, if you're listening, realize that there's so much information, good information out there for cheap or low cost. And if you are going to invest, the biggest thing I would say is, Find that person that's actually doing what you're doing and invest with them. Because like what I did, I invested with a giant guru and I spent a bunch of money and I never got access to them, which is really where the value comes in. So you started this real estate stuff and then you dove into another business. Uh, It's a vice that many of us enjoy. In our last (laughs) time we chatted, I was uh, mentioning that the Lafroyig is my favorite scotch of choice right now. Regardless of what I like to drink, tell us about this business that, that's related to what I like to drink. You know, as most entrepreneurs do, a couple of years in, I was like, oh, you know, we should really start another business. <laughs> and that's to my wife's a good dismay, idea. she's like, really? But what we ended up doing was I was looking for an opportunity to do something else besides real estate, really to diversify our portfolio. And so I started looking around at different businesses. And years before, my father had actually bought a wine and liquor store. And I helped him get that set up. And so I knew all the background information, you know, how profitable it was. And so I basically took that store and said, let's find another town that looks similar and we can open up our own store. So I ended up finding that town. We ended up using our real estate business to buy a a mixed-use property. And then we ended up opening a brick-and-mortar wine and liquor store in there. And that is such a fun thing, and it makes me think of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, who he wrote Crush It, a book that I read. I didn't love it, but I liked it. it. I think it was 
I probably read it a few years too late, but it was good relevant <laughs> information when he wrote it. It's an interesting industry. So like why liquor stores and has it performed to your expectations? Are you doing well with it or has it been more headaches than it's worth? Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned Gary Vee because everyone knows him now as like the media guy and he's everywhere and he's got the short videos and he's crazy. But I actually found him because I was researching the liquor store and I came across his wine library TV videos. And so that was back before he was like the media mogul that he is now. So it's it's always interesting just to see where people come from and where they progress. That, that wine expertise to me, that's the part that I find most relatable because anyone can kind of build that social media and online brand of themselves if they pick their topic that they love and they're passionate about and they're willing to work hard and hustle at. And, you know, for me, that's personal finance. For Gary, it was wine. For you, so you, so you got this liquor store. Like, it's, it's yeah. Do you have employees? Like, what what kind of hassles and things do you have to deal with with your liquor store compared to the real estate business you had going before? You know, a lot of people get into business and they do it kind of from where they're at and they look forward. And what I like to do is look at the end goal and for us, look at the life that we want to have. And I work backwards. So like when we opened the wine and liquor store, I knew that I didn't want to be the person behind the counter every day. So thinking from an entrepreneurial perspective, I basically said, well, how do I set this up so that I can be that person? Or so I don't have to be that person. You know, our first couple of weeks in there, it was rough. Like we were working like 80 hour weeks to get the store open. And then I was still working a full time job. So I was working my day job. My wife had just had our daughter, which was she was like six months old. She was driving about an hour to go to the store. And then I would meet her after work. We'd see each other for a couple of minutes and she'd go home and I'd work the store at night. So early on, it was rough. But what it forced me to do is really set up the right processes to really focus on hiring the right employees and then really running it as a business owner and not somebody in the business. So there was a lot to learn in retail about you know the different laws and how to stock inventory. But what that forced me to do, and I did the same thing with a real estate business, was really focus on the systems and building a business that could run without me. I love that you said that. It's actually something we talk about in my mastermind a lot. We say, do you want to work in your business or work on your business? Yeah. And you, I, I like that you were working in the business and we're trying to figure out ways to get out of that role. That's, uh, that's such a, a good long-term way to look at entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we see a lot of people cause we our, our third business that we ended up getting to was really, um, people were coming to us asking us two questions. One, you guys have two kids, two businesses. How do you do it all? And then two, can you help me start a business? What we ended up finding was that a lot of people start their business and then their business kind of takes over their life. And so we were very intentional with everything we did to say, how do we build a business to support and enable the life we want, not take it over? And just that thought process has really saved us so much frustration and allowed us to build these businesses that support that life. So what's next? You know, now you've got these experiences, you've got the real estate, you've got the liquor store. What, what are you working on now that, that gets you really excited? When we talk to people and we help them get their vision together, there's really four main components we look at. First are the experiences you want to have. Second are the things you want to have. And then what we find most people when they're successful, they're not completely happy because they're missing out on the third one, which is the impact they want to have. And then just if anyone's curious, the fourth one is the things you don't want to do anymore because as you build more success, you want to stop doing those things. For us, we're really at the point where it goes to the impact. And so we've been um, coaching and working with other entrepreneurs and other people that want to get out of that traditional path and, you know, really build that life that they want through entrepreneurship. 
What we're really focused on now is how do we help more people? You know, how do we get our message out and kind of share our experiences? So the biggest thing that has me excited is, you know, as you mentioned earlier, my wife and I are now partnered on our businesses and we launched a program called Lifestyle Builders um, late last year. And that's really kind of sharing the whole journey and all the steps to go from getting clear on the life you want to getting your personal finances in order and then figure out what is it going to take to, let's say, leave your job? You know, how much money do you have to have? How do you plan that? And then setting up a business that supports all of that and makes that happen. If people want to learn more about that, where should they go? Our website is tomandariana.com, and they can find a lot of information there. And then one of the things we found on our entrepreneurial journey is that a lot of people are single or they don't have kids. And it's tough to if you have a family, um, be an entrepreneur, it's tough to follow what a single person is recommending because their life is so different. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we ended up creating a Facebook group for family entrepreneurs, and it's called Family Entrepreneur Life. That's the other place they could go is familyentrepreneurlife.com, and then just join a whole community of entrepreneurs that have families. Awesome. Well, we have links to all of that in the show notes, listeners, as always. Do you have any last parting word, any like big lesson you've learned along the way that has solidified your success in entrepreneurship and taken you from you know that cubicle employed lifestyle to the one that you now love every day? Like, what would you tell someone who wants to get started? First off, really get clear on what that means to you. So it's so easy to look at somebody else's success and say and, and kind of compare yourself. But what we like to tell people is, you know, figure out what you want your life to look like and then build that path. Two other tips. The first one is going back to Noah. Um, surround yourself with the people that are where you want to be and that are going to help you get there. And then one of my favorite quotes is just keep moving forward in life. You know, whether you're single, whether you're a parent, whether you're an entrepreneur, there's going to be ups and downs. The, the most successful people are the ones that can take those lumps, take those bruises and just keep moving in that right direction to achieve the goals they want and the lifestyle they want. That's awesome. I love all of that advice and couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Tom, for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, thank you. Well, there is the wraps on another one, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you had as much fun listening as I had recording. When I was chatting with Tom, it really just felt like I was chatting with a buddy, having a drink. There was so much you can learn from conversations like that. So whenever you have an opportunity to talk to anyone else in the world of entrepreneurship, I highly recommend you jump on it. I've mentioned in the past that masterminds have been big for me and just you know, building these kinds of relationships, you never know what'll happen. I mean, the worst case, you take a few minutes, you meet someone new. The best case, you learn a lot of great things. You might even have some kind of an online partnership. Who knows? But it was a great time chatting with Tom and I hope you enjoyed listening as I said. You know, as always, thank you for leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and a rating your review, letting people know what to expect in the show. Thanks for subscribing to the email list at personalprofitability.com. And thanks for subscribing to the show here so you never miss an episode. I'll talk to you next time. Until then, stay profitable. Stay profitable.